At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Substituting for Mr. Stu Brigier is Pat Gray. Hello. Hey, Pat. Hey, Glenn. How are you? Oh, Perfect. Yeah. Today's uh, today's show was an interesting ride. Yeah, it's uh, kind of chilling, really. <laughs> it's kind of a chilling ride. Hey, I'm back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And this time. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the goods. Yeah. This time we start in China. We, uh, we kind of end right in your home uh, and try to give you the bold outlines of what we're experiencing in society and how amazed we all are that other people can't see it. Good versus evil. Dare I say God versus evil. Um, All on today's podcast brought to you by Goldline. Tons of Americans still don't know that there's it's possible, possible to use your retirement account to acquire precious metals. They could be saving your retirement funds, building a protective wall against inflation and other forms of economic insanity that pop up from time to time, like right now. This is a big deal and something Goldline can help you with right now. Goldline. I've been working with Goldline for, gosh, almost two decades now. I trust them. They do business the right way. I was a customer of theirs long before they were a customer of mine. I believe in them. Goldline. Tell them that I sent you from the podcast. Give Goldline the code MYB. They're going to give you a mind your business silver bar just as a thank you for calling in. Request the information at their website if you have to, but call them 866-GOLDLINE. Make sure you give them the promo code MYB. It's 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Studios in Dallas, Texas. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. So, for all of you who have just said, you know, Alyssa Milano is such an important person in my life, but I've I didn't have a chance to check what she said mm. over the weekend. I just want to give you a chance. Uh, she uh, she said, I'm not sure how advertisers can buy space on Twitter. A publicly traded company's products being pushed in alignment with hate and white supremacy mm. doesn't seem to be a winning business model. So I gave back my Tesla. Now, I doubt she gave it back. I think I, she mm-hmm. probably sold it. She said, I gave back my Tesla. I bought the VW EV and I love it. Um. <clears throat> which I think is a great replacement. Uh, spokesperson for uh, Volkswagen said this. Yeah. So the language uh, of love. The <laughs> language so nice. of love. I don't know if you noticed this, Alyssa, but uh, mm. started by Hitler. <laughs> Just want to. Yeah, but you know, Elon Musk is so much worse than oh, Adolf Hitler. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so He's much a worse. Nazi, you know. Right. Yeah. So that's why I buy a Volkswagen. <laughs> what a moron. Okay. 
Uh, let me tell you a couple of things that have happened uh, over the weekend. This one happened during the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. Um, you uh, have a new threshold and you should be aware of it because the IRS is going to come knocking. And this is why they have 80,000 people. The Internal Revenue Service uh, reminded income taxpayers that due to the American Rescue Plan Act, gig workers who accept any transaction over $600, $600 through a third-party app such as Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, must report those payments. Must report the how they they're going. They're not going to go after people making six hundred dollars. Yes, they are. <laughs> Just a friendly reminder. <laughs> By the way, there's something else that happened on Thursday afternoon, and uh, sorry, Wednesday afternoon. And what were you doing Wednesday afternoon besides being glued to the TV and the news? Mm, right. Right. Yes. Yeah. You might have been preparing for I don't know a holiday weekend where you completely <laughs> tuned out. So you might have missed what happened Wednesday afternoon at the Fed. But they started their CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. Yes, the Fed coin is here. Now, they ruled it out on Wednesday. Just, I mean, that was the only day they could do it, you know? <laughs> Because they've been denying that any of this stuff was happening, but they could only get it when no one was paying attention. So they rolled it out, and it's in its beta test now. But here's the thing. I don't know if it's going to work because this is what they're trying to do. They're very concerned that uh, they won't be able to make large digital transactions across the Atlantic. Okay? They're worried you know, some these big transactions that happen, what they're doing now, and I'm going to try to break this down because it's very, very technical, but let me break this down for you. What they're doing is they're taking a digital currency and they're, they're buying and selling and trading those digital currency, those dollars over to someplace else. And they got to make it all the way over. Those numbers have to make it all the way over. Now, that's what they do. But now they're going to take a digital coin, not a digital dollar, a digital coin. And they're going to buy and sell and trade. And those numbers have to go all the way over to another place and finish the transaction. That's a completely different completely. thing. Completely. Completely. This not related not at re- all. Okay. You ca- how are you going to do this? You're going to take a whole <laughs> system that is based on a digital paper dollar. Mm-hmm. You're going to digitize that dollar. And then you're going to just move numbers to another bank. This is, that's a dollar. That's paper. This is a coin. How are you going to do that? Completely different. <laughs> so they think that it. You know, it, as long as it passes its beta test, yeah. don't worry. They could have it. They could have it by spring. So they're essentially taking 20th century technology mm-hmm. and using it in the 21st century. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. 
Yes. That's bold. But they have to have a name change for it. You're right. You know, this okay. is a this is remember, this was a Federal Reserve printed currency that had been digitized. Mm-hmm. This is a Federal Reserve digital currency. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So one starts <laughs> as a digital, the other one has to be transform digitally so they've cut that transforming part out and that's the part where it gets really sketchy (laughs) okay uh by the way um india just rolled out its retail uh, Mm -hmm. pilot program for digital rupees as well don't worry i think maybe we should start having the conversation because this is coming maybe we should start having the conversation of gosh this looks like the mark of the beast I mean, doesn't it? But surely it's not. Surely it's not. Of course not. Not from the U.S. government. No, no, no. They never do anything underhanded or evil. Never. Never. Especially when Democrats are in control. Amen to that, brother. Hey, by the way, the White House also, last Wednesday, announced that they're going to continue the freeze on student loan payments. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now... That means millions of people are not making payments on their federal student loans, regardless of their financial situation. They could be millionaires, still are not required to pay back that student loan. Now, the freeze, it started with Trump with COVID-19. Congress approved it. Uh, And it was supposed to expire two years ago. But it's been continually renewed by Congress. uh, So it's been extended only eight times. It has now cost you $155 billion per year. And that's scratching the surface. Now, here's the story. <laughs> you probably didn't even hear that it was renewed again. Uh, but let me give you the other part of the story that certainly you haven't heard. This is big because of some of the weird rules that no one pays attention to, but I pay geeks a lot of money to watch this stuff. This is nothing more than a gigantic scam meant to benefit governor work, uh, government workers. This is exactly what I told you they would do in 2009. Exactly. How does it benefit the government workers? Well, it's not just the government workers, but many who work for nonprofits as well. Many of those lean left. Okay. The second reason Biden likes, uh, likely wants to continue the pause is it greatly benefits employees at government agencies, including teachers. Hmm. Unions. Under the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program, which is what we talked about in 2009. Do you remember this? Anyone who makes 10 years worth of monthly student loan payments, 120 uh, in total, while working for the government or a nonprofit receives total debt forgiveness no matter how much they owe. Now, defying all logic? Yes. But they're continuing to count non-payments under the pause toward the total number of payments required to qualify for a public service loan forgiveness. So even though you haven't made a payment in 24 months, 
you still are counted as making those payments in the last 24 months. So that all goes to your 120-month requirement. The longer the student loan freeze continues, the more government and nonprofit workers will qualify for total loan forgiveness. Millions, millions will be moving towards total student debt cancellation. So in other words, what is this story really all about? Biden giving a big fat gift to government workers and the people that are working many cases to subvert our republic and make it into a democracy. He's giving them a kickback. Because most people don't know how these things work. They have no idea what's going on. Oh, by the way, another one. Trust the government. Hunter Biden owned financial stake in digital banking platform. A digital banking platform. How did they do that? Digital banking. How did they do that? This started in 2016. They must have been using like an abacus or something. I don't know how they did it, but it was digital banking platform for undocumented immigrants. Hmm. So this was a multi-balance, multi-currency digital wallet and payment ecosystem. And uh, he had a, uh, a, a big share of this. In fact, got, you know, $20,000 wire transfer from the company. And, um, and now it looks like all of his buddies are running it. So that is fantastic. But here's the great thing. It was, um, it was to support mass migration to the U.S., uh, because the company positioned itself as the premier platform for sending and receiving remittances. Oh, over one hundred and fifty billion dollars of remittances happen every year in the U.S. alone. And here's what the here's what the digital bank said. Labor moves around the globe and when workers move, so does their money. The global nature of labor often makes it difficult for somebody to have a bank account in the country where they're employed. Really? This is why ePlata allows you to transaction in a currency of your choice without limits across geographic borders. Is there any reason money transfers should be more expensive because one person lives in a different country? We don't think so. With ePlata, simple, secure, and inexpensive international transactions are now in the palm of your hand. Now that's great. Now I don't know the difference between that platform, which is sending boatloads of digital currency to another country, and let's say Bitcoin. But all I know is one, the president's son is involved, and the other one is extraordinarily dangerous. <laughs> this is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. So China, it looks like uh, they're starting to tighten security in Beijing and Shanghai. Uh, these poor people in in China. I mean, I I can't imagine this works. Can you? Mm-mm. 
And they've been going through it for two and a half years now. Almost, th- well, three years, really, for them. No, I mean, uh, they can't believe th- that this is going to end well for the people. Oh, <sighs> no. It's already not going well. They're already being locked into their homes. Like they they did last time with the, uh, you know, uh, they were locking them with, uh, with the... Uh, can't even think of of what it is, but they were, you know, the blowtorch. Oh yeah, they were, yeah, they were, yeah, they were welding, welding them. them in. In. Yeah, they were welding yes. them in. Uh, it, it, it is, it is really, really not good. If you've seen any of the guys, you you would think that, um, you know, they're they're fighting against COVID workers or doctors because they're wearing these white suits. No, that's the way they, that's the way they dress police now. Uh, I've noticed that they're not doing that as much here in the last few days because they're they're bringing police in from all over the country. Um, this isn't good. This is going to affect the economy. We, we've got a couple of things you have to watch for. One, China. What happens in China is going to make an impact to all of us for a very long time. Also, Mr. I love the labor unions. I am Mr. Train Track himself. Can't seem to get this freight railroad strike not to happen. If that happens, Mr. Union and Mr. Amtrak should have zero credibility with anyone. This is his wheelhouse. This is where he lives, trains and unions, and he can't mm-hmm. seem to broker this deal. That'll cost us $2 billion a day, but worse, you have this and the diesel shortage, the third thing you have to watch. You have this and a diesel shortage. You're not moving the trains because they're on strike. You're not moving if there's just the diesel shortage. You're not moving the trains because they run on diesel. And you're not running the trucks because they run on diesel. If you if you have the train shut down, you'll have more fuel for the trucks. But what will the trucks be moving if the trains aren't moving anything? This is bad. This is really bad. But I do believe that this is all part of what people voted for, and they weren't paying attention. I heard some a, a series of really disturbing quotes from Klaus Schwab on Chinese television. I, because I, uh, you know, I, I don't read Chinese, I, I figured they were taken out of context or they were fake um, because they are so creepy that... You know, there's so much that goes around on the Great Reset and Klaus Schwab that is a conspiracy theory. Um, And, you know, he'll say something and they'll take it out of context or it's not quite right. You don't have to do that. His stuff is bad enough, (laughs) what what he really says. So I sent this over to my team to look into, and uh, it seems though the quotes are real uh, and they are definitely worthy of your time. In an interview that occurred on Chinese government-funded television, Schwab attended the uh, APEC, Economic Leaders Summit, in Bangkok. APEC is the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Organization, which seeks to increase globalization in the Asian-Pacific region. 
Although most member nation, nations are Asian or located near Asia, like Australia, the United States and Canada are members as well. During the interview, I don't know why Klaus Schwab was there, but he was. And during the interview, he outlined some of the ways the world, notably China, is working together on things using multilateral globalist institutions. Here's what he says. Listen. We have to try with a collaborative platform where we integrate the best people, the most relevant people, and then to work for progress. Mm. Now, the base has been formed, but um, we have to go one step further. We have to have a strategic mood. We have to construct the world of tomorrow. It's a systemic transformation of the world. So we have to define how the world should look like, which we want to come out of this transformation period. Mm. So wait a minute, I just want to make sure because I'm sure I'm on the list on the best or most relevant people. Are you? Yeah, I don't think we either one of us are on that list. So they're gathering the best how do you define best? The best and more most relevant people to all come together and design and construct the new world. Wow. I'd like to be invited to one of these things. And I love his quote, I respect China's achievements, which are tremendous over the last 40 years. Yeah. I think it's a role model for many countries. Yeah. Hmm. Well, here he is on that role model. Do you have From it? your perspective, yeah. how do you understand this ambition of China to have the Chinese path toward modernization mm-hmm. and share it uh, with the developing world? I uh, respect uh, China's <laughs> achievements, which are tremendous over the last uh, over 40 years since the opening up and uh, policy and reform policy came into action. I think it's um, a role model for many countries, but I think also uh, we should leave it to each country uh, to make its own decision what system it wants to adapt. And I think we should be very careful in imposing systems. But the Chinese model is certainly a very attractive model for quite a number of countries. Isn't that fantastic? You know, certainly governments have to be in the lead, you know, but business, most of the solutions will come through innovation from business and we have to integrate the larger population. I mean, I don't think that this is a is a a problem. We got to bring everybody on board, you know. Um, I, you know, and, and the multi-stakeholder approach is really the approach, the multi-stakeholder approach, not shareholder, stakeholder, as you learned, if you read the book, uh, The Great Reset, anytime you hear stakeholders, translate that to public-private partnerships, which translates directly, look at the definition of this word, to fascism. This is a fascistic state that is being built out in the open with the best and most relevant people. 
But this is really, truly what is happening in China. This is for the very first time, possibly, I think, really for sure, in world history, where the people who are on the receiving end of all of these bad things are starting to rise up. And they realize it's not the left or the right of the party. It's the elites. It's the people who control all of the levers. This is a battle between those who want to control everything and those people who they want to control. You're seeing that now in China. You're seeing it in Europe. That's really what this movement is about here in America. Are you going to control my destiny or am I going to control my destiny? And we keep getting the shaft. The reporter then asks uh, uh, about, uh, about China and about this new globalization effort. Here's what he says. Earlier, we have the great narrative of so-called globalization. And everybody believe in it, and everybody think this is our shared future. Now, as the world is changing, we need to reshape again the vision, as you just said. But how to bring everybody on board? So is now the opinion uh, globalization has failed, and we are entering into an era of deglobalization. I think that's wrong. Uh, we, of course, we have the reshaping of certain supply chains. So for certain physical goods, we may see much more uh, reshoring or homeshoring. In reality, uh, the world has moved closer together because um, uh, we, we are moving from a physical world much more in a digital world. And the digital world by nature is much more globally oriented. Mm. Now you asked how to do it. Yes. I think it needs uh, what we feel in the World Economic Forum, a multi-stakeholder approach. Mm. It's Very certainly uh, governments who have to be in the lead, mm. but uh, <laughs> business, most of the solutions will come through innovation from business. That's and we have to integrate the large Population. We have to um, mentor mm -hmm. the population mm -hmm. and to show through our good examples ah. that um, uh, the future requires this change mm -hmm. and the change at the end ultimately uh -huh. will be beneficial for them. You know, it <laughs> makes me feel a lot more comfortable that this guy is a bald German uh, not, oh, yeah. Not like I've seen that on every, you know, no. really bad sci-fi movie. <laughs> um, we should have a little problem. When we have the people talking like this. Yeah, we might. Uh, you know, the ones that aren't elected. Yeah. The ones yes. that aren't elected to any but office. showing up at the G20. Yeah. Showing up in China for interviews like this or Thailand. And, uh, and they're seemingly setting the course for humankind. Yes. Now, remember, uh, this is a guy who, uh, you know, is just bringing all of the best and most relevant people to the table right. to design what your world is going to look like. And then okay. through our good examples, we will mentor people and they will know in the end it is good for them. Oh, man, Spooky, I feel so much better. 
now that I've heard you say that with that really spooky German accent. What the hell is wrong with us? When you can't see this, you can't see this. Doesn't get much more obvious than this, does it? It doesn't. Well, it does. Wait until next hour. I'm going to let the final shoe drop on this. Mm. this. This show is trying to outline where we're headed, who we are becoming, what we're actually facing. Last hour, I talked to you about, you know, digital currency has just been launched by the Fed last Wednesday. You know, when you were out thinking, I got to get out of here early. I got to get home. Yeah, that's when they decided. Oh, by the way, the press release here, we're uh, just uh, we, we just started digital currency. This is the Fed, you know, and the central bank digital currency. But nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about. It's only beta testing. And it's going to be so hard, so hard to get that done. Uh-huh. You better start thinking about these things because they're on our doorstep. Will you accept a digital currency? Because here's how it's going to happen. There's going to be some economic disruption of some sort that will make banking uh, impossible. It'll have to close. There'll be maybe run on the banks around the world, maybe even here. Once this happens, according to the game plan, remember they did one right before COVID on what they would do uh, for uh, a pandemic. Another one, the same group of people got together and did one for a run on the banks and resetting the currencies. The first thing that has to happen is they will discredit or shut down anyone who is giving you the kind of information I'm going to give you now. Uh, The bank run will happen and they'll have to close the banks for a bank holiday. That's when the reset and the new digital dollar will be introduced where we're maybe as quickly as six months away from this might be five years doubt it but when there's a real problem with uh financially speaking globally they will reset the currency and you will have a new bank account set up by the government to go claim your digital cash And they're going to make it very attractive. You just take your money and you transfer it to the Federal Reserve and they're going to give you digital cash and you can spend it anyway. And they'll even give you a better discount on the new currency. They may give you one to one or, uh, you know, 120 percent for your dollar at first. And then they'll start making it a little more difficult to hold that cash. And they'll say, you know, now if you turn it in, it's only going to be worth 70 cents on the dollar. So. You better hurry because it's going down and then it'll be worthless. That will control absolutely everything that you buy, sell, want to buy, where you move, all of it. By the way, Mercedes has come out with their new electric vehicle. And, you know, for $1,200 a year, they'll make it go quicker. Oh, so they can just digitally manipulate my car to go faster huh i wonder if they could digitally manipulate my car to not go faster not go places go places where i'm only supposed to go i wonder if that could possibly happen oh in a completely unrelated story as we're reimagining the police 
San Francisco police are seeking permission now for its police robots to use deadly force. Okay. All right. Well, we can't hire any police officers. They won't do the job. So we have these, you know, these these robots and they're that's another force option. And, uh, you know, we, we, we've got to have them be able to kill people. <laughs> oh, oh, OK. You know, what's great is they sent that to the city supervisors. Yeah. And the city supervisors uh, lined out the part where um, they said that they could do this and said they couldn't do it. San Francisco Police Department lined that out and sent it back to him and said, yes, we can do that. We can use deadly force with these robots. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. So good. Good. So we're thinking have about it very carefully. Anyway, I got completely distracted. What were we talking about? I forget. Yeah. yeah completely. Uh, huh. Something about global dominance and really spooky people running the the world. The best of the Glenn Beck program. I haven't read the Immortal Nicholas in a while. It is it is my favorite story. I worked on that story for years uh, because I was tired of uh, my kids uh, making everything about Santa Claus when Christmas is about Christ. How can I, without being the Grinchy dad, how can I take that story and turn it up on the side of its head and point it back to the birth of Christ. That's what the Immortal Nicholas is all about, and it's a great, great book. Read it with your kids. Read it, uh, you know, just by yourself. It's a, it's a, I don't know. I guess you could say it's a young adult, but it's actually just a novel. Um, but I, I read it to my kids. They love it. Uh, all right. I saw something from Canada that I want to play for you. It is an ad. That I, um, it's an ad for a retail brand in Canada that we don't have here. Listen. Dying in a hospital is not what's natural. That's not what's soft. In these kind of moments, you need softness. It can take dying to figure out what living is actually like. I spent my life filling my heart with beauty, with nature, with connection. So I choose to fill my final moments with the same. Last breaths are sacred. Imagine my final days, I see music. I see the ocean. I see cheesecake. So this is an ad called uh, All is Beauty. Help to end my life with 
all the pain. It is a campaign in support of medically assisted suicide. You just have to be brave enough to see it. And seeing the rhythms of now, what's going to keep going after I'm gone. I I want to I want to be very very careful here um, and uh, stick to the facts. Canada is going through a massive transformation and uh, Canada is uh, leading the way, at least in this hemisphere on uh, physician assisted suicide. I understand as I've watched uh, people die in pain in my life, I understand and I cannot solve the problem uh, of assisted suicide that we so readily do with our animals, our dogs, and not with people other than dogs are not people. But it's the same kind of heartbreak. You want them out of pain. So I want to make sure that I am very, very clear. I think the state... <sighs> I, I'm undecided on this. My my gut is the state doesn't have a role in assisting anyone ever, but I'm not sure the state has a right to say I can't die. Um, but I uh, I don't know. I don't know. However, this always starts with pain, and usually. Elderly. Now, Canada has, as I told you two weeks ago, Canada has now started um, execution of people that are mentally unstable or in so much pain that they can't afford to live anymore. I told you the story of a man who is about to lose his house. He's dying. He said, I don't want to die, but I know I'll die on the street and it will be awful. So what choice do I have? And the reporter was making this into a really good thing. Well, if it is, maybe we have a solution to our homeless problem. Now, now, they have proposed something else i want you to recognize and start looking for these things because they are happening we are dealing with evil we are not dealing with mere policies we can argue tax codes all day long and still be friends but when we get to executing people and executing people because they're in pain and I can't relate to their lifestyle. I don't think they have a good life, even though they say I'm going to do this because I can't live on the street and I'll die a painful death without my medicine in Canada. We're talking evil. I want you to start watching for the things that are coming out of the media all over the world and things like the Great Reset. The Great Reset is absolutely Malthusian. So is climate change, climate control. 
uh, the mainstream media several times and in some of these forums, people have promoted suicide as a solution to climate change. Now, I'm not saying that this is why we don't pay attention, but it is awfully convenient that our kids have become more and more suicidal, that our population has become more suicidal, and no one in the medical industry seems to care. No one is ringing the bell. Well, there's, as I told you before, there is now a way to take your life back. From early adopting Switzerland to latest to the table Australia, more and more countries are legalizing the practice of euthanasia. It's now available to over 280 million people in 11 countries around the world. It was, offer, it was offered to my mother, who recently and gratefully used Canada's legislation to orchestrate her own wise demise. If we don't claim the design of our own death, it is likely someone else will. So the government started arguing this, that people who were nearing the end of their life and had a fatal disease. The next was someone with mental illness. Now, wait a minute. Mental illness. In 2021, Bill C-7 amended the Canadian Criminal Code to repeal the provision that a person's natural death be reasonably foreseeable in order for them to be eligible for MAID. MAID is their, um, their assisted in death. Um, medical assistance in death, I think, is what MAID stands for. So now... If you're mentally ill, you can request death. Kill yourself because you're depressed. So, wait a minute. So, the medical industry that has been pumping out antidepressants and given us all kinds of things, now what, are they just throwing their hands up? You know what? You're depressed. None of that stuff really works. You should kill yourself. Okay. Okay. Well, the Belgian government just killed an otherwise physically healthy 23-year-old, 23-year-old woman who had survived a terror attack when she was a teenager because she suffered every day since and she was not living a good life. Now they're crossing the Holy Grail in Canada. The Canadian Pediatric Society, CPS, has just written... Medical Assistance in Dying, a Pediatric Perspective. Ensuring that newborns, children, and youth receive the highest possible standard of care as they are dying. And dying is a privilege and a responsibility for physicians and allied professionals bringing about a thoughtful, respectful, and personal approach to everyday end-of-life situations is an essential and evolving duty of care and process should meet each patient and family's unique social, cultural, and spiritual needs. Oh, so it's okay to kill children in Canada as long as we meet their cultural and social and spiritual needs. The Canadian Pediatric Society refers to the children it aims to mercy kill as mature minors. Mature minors. In other words, 
you have to have enough sense of self um, and request that someone kills you. That makes you eligible. However, what about those who are born without the ability to understand things? Are they really living their highest life? If you look at what is being pushed all over our society, you will see names like um, like Jane Goodall, who said, "Are all of our problems on Earth, all of our problems on Earth with climate change?" would be solved if the population of Earth was reduced by 90%. Hmm. By the way, she's an agenda Hmm. contributor to the World Economic Forum. So to kill 90% of the population, that would, um, boy, that'd be hard. And uh, it'd make the Nazis and the Soviets and the Chinese combined look like rookies. Now, I'm not suggesting that they're going to be building camps like China does. That would be a bridge too far, wouldn't it? But why the push now to kill our children, our homeless, our handicapped, those people who suffer from depression? The reason is we are battling evil and it is the same evil the same evil that reared its head back in the 1930s same evil it's all about control and power it's all about inflicting a certain ideology onto every man woman and child and if you disagree you're a useless eater Which, by the way, is the same exact agenda that people in the Fabian Socialist Society in England had around the turn of the century. What happens is it rears its ugly head, it's discredited. It rears its ugly head, it's discredited. Well, it's rearing its ugly head. May I suggest we discredit it now? and not wait for the final solutions.